Hello, everybody, and welcome back. We are on our Late Night Live, and uh, this is Massey Compost. I'm the host of Self-Evident Podcast and the founder of Self-Evident Ministry, and I am here to talk about one thing and one thing only. What is constitutional about churches being 501c3? And if we think about it, there's a lot that needs to be talked about with that because there's a lot of misconception on what a 501c3 is, what churches can do, what they can't do. So I'm hoping this is riveting enough to, tech to, you, to talk to you about it tonight. And so I'm going to get right into it. Um, here we are talking, uh, especially what happened with COVID and all this other stuff. And I'm not going to go down that road because we've already, I mean, every single news organization and podcast has talked about it more and more. But what we did see was uh, really a lot of churches saying, well, if the dictator says, or I shouldn't say dictator, but they basically said, um, if, if our governor says we can't go, we can't go. Or if our president says this, or if Dr. Fauci says this, you know, we can't do that. And please make comments below. If you guys want to share this video, we want to get this information out there. So please uh, do that. Make your comments. Tell us where you're from so I can respond to you. It'd be fantastic. And if you guys have any questions about our late night lives, or if you want us to talk about a certain topic, please let us know in the comments below. I'd love to do that. And so, so, Let's get right into it. I've been hearing a lot that churches are under Caesar because the scriptures say that we're supposed to render to Caesar things that are Caesar's and somehow that this applies to churches in America. Now, I'm going to talk to you about what the 501c3 is and what President Trump did. Love your shirt, babe. Thanks, babe. I appreciate that. <laughs> so uh, President Trump actually signed an executive order that basically told the IRS not to enforce this law. Um, he didn't stop it altogether, but this this is what uh, had happened. So I'm going to jump right into this. Now, if you know anything about the 501c3, I'm just going to kind of hop right into it. Uh, basically, it says this. If a 501c3 organization dissolves, there's three basic rules that it told the churches to do or not to do. If the church is a 501c3 and if it dissolves, it must give all of its assets to another 501c3 organization since the assets were obtained as tax exempt. Which makes sense. You know, why would the, the leader of a, of a 501c3 organization take all the money and do nothing with it, right? I completely get that. Which should be moral anyway, don't you think? It should actually kind of be kind of a duh thing, right? Uh, and it says this, this prevents income made tax-free from becoming an asset to the organization and it's not tax-free. Now, that's where I'm kind of, you know, I'm always on the side of, you know, less taxes. I'm always on the side of less government. That's kind of my thing. So, uh, number two, point number two, the salary for the leader of the organization must be justifiable. In other words, you cannot take in $600,000 tax-exempt monies and pay your president a salary of 550000 Again, that's kind of a duh thing. And, and if we're Christians here and we're being honest with ourselves, do you really need to pay yourself that much? You know, let's just be real, right? Do you really need to live off that? And, uh, you know, there is a misnomer that a lot of these preachers are making their money from the churches. They're actually making it from outside companies. And so, hey, if they're going to work their butts off and get paid, go for it, right? Number three, you cannot support directly a, a candidate for federally elected position. You can distribute information about platforms and issues, but you cannot endorse a candidate. Now, we went right to the, this was Pastor and I, our pastor from our church. We went through the 501c3 laws, actually looking for what the silver bullet was, why people continue to say that we're somehow linked under Caesar and somehow we're under this government rule and it's oppressing the churches. You know what's oppressing the churches, folks, just being honest with you? A lack of knowledge. That's what's oppressing the church right now. It has nothing to do with the law. If, 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 if the government mandated that churches were to fund abortions, would you obey that law? Absolutely not. So really what's hindering us right now is a lack of knowledge. It has nothing to do with the law. And how many churches actually endorse candidates anyway? And if they did, when's the last time you saw something like that enforced by the government? So when President Trump actually signed something, and this is actually what it said, uh, this, this uh, deal that President Trump had signed, and I didn't even know this until we... Uh, really 
uh, looked into this, and, and I took this from PolitiFact. You see that in the top? I really like taking sources that are liberal uh, because they tried to dog Trump in this, but this is what was written. The Secretary of the Treasury shall ensure, to the extent permitted by law, that the Department of Treasury does not take any adverse action against any individual, house of worship, or other religious organization on the basis that such individual... Such individual organization on the basis that such an individual, I'm sorry, speaks or has spoken about moral or political issues from a religious perspective, where speech or similar character has, consistent with law, not ordinarily been treated as participation or in intervention in a political campaign on behalf or in opposition to a candidate for public office by the Department of the Treasury. So what this is saying is he's saying don't enforce it. And if you even look at history, there hasn't, this hasn't really been enforced. Second, did you know that churches were already tax-exempt? by the Constitution, read the First Amendment. It says Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibit its free exercise thereof. So you are free to speak from the pulpit the issues that you see fit for the day. You can get involved in these things. You can talk about candidates. You can uh, do these things. And again, an executive order was issued. Not that I'm really for executive orders if it comes against the American people directly. But if it's to his cabinet, and to those people executing the laws, yes, that's when an executive order is necessary and it's needed, okay? So, but let's think about this even deeper. A lot of people use scripture to justify their positions. As a matter of fact, I have friends from Michigan uh, and other places that go to certain churches and they were telling me that, hey, you know, my, my, my pastor was using certain scriptures and they're, they're, you know, all these things to justify government intervention. Now, I'm just going to go on the scripture of Caesar right now and then I'm going to go into the other ones next week by the grace of God. Uh, we're going to talk about 1 Peter 2 and Titus 3 and what those scriptures actually look like. So, okay, uh, Brian Renfro just said this. FOJC Radio was hacked and shut down for standing against 501c3 and uh, NYSTV. Just had all their content removed from YouTube for speaking out on this issue. Well, again, if, if, if they're going to have that taken down or, or anything like that, again, this is where we have to come against and say, look, I'm standing for my religious liberty if it's for religious liberty. So what I'm saying is government intervention to come in to arrest my, my, my church or anything like that, I haven't seen it done. And I'm not saying to take a 501c3. What I'm saying is that law is bogus anyway. And so this is where we have to start taking a stand and saying, look, if we're really going to submit to a law and that's what's going to stop you from preaching the gospel to every creature or endorsing a candidate, you got, you got bigger things to think about rather than, hey, you know, is, is this really about my church or not? Like, if, if a law is hindering you from preaching the word of God and preaching your conscience and conviction, then, folks, this is the time to stand up and say, look, our First Amendment right literally is our First Amendment right given to us by God, okay? And, you know, the, uh, let's see. The problem with modern churches are they're heavily influenced. I agree. There's a lot of different influences out there. Um, and, and you know what it is? Really, Brian, it's really just a lack. I'm telling you, bro, we're not destroyed because we lack money. We're destroyed because we lack knowledge. We really do. We lack the scriptural, and we lack, honestly, history. There's a lot of pastors and clergymen that have stood up in history against tyrannical governments. Now, people will say to me, I get this all the time. Do you really think our government's that tyrannical? Folks, look what happened over the last two months, okay? What was being said, what's happening in California right now is seriously tyrannical, that they're telling the churches that they can't meet, that they may not be able to meet. Or like in Michigan, they're stopping a 77-year-old barber from opening up his, yes, it's tyrannical. It is straight tyranny, and it should be stood against and stopped. Now, that 77-year-old man uh, was, was told by the attorney general that he's, he can keep his uh, business open. And then the governor, in response, says, no, you know what, we're going to suspend your license. <laughs> I'll tell you what, man, that is, some, that is some bold stuff, and that governor needs to realize she's not a king or a queen. 
She's really not. Uh, you work for us. We don't work for you, and that's just how it should work. But this is what it's going to take. It's going to take an effort of people being uh, – and, and, and one thing I want to say, too, to pastors out there, it is not wrong for me to peacefully protest a government that is coming against the church. It's not wrong for me to peacefully protest against a government that has become tyrannical against its own people and disobeying its own laws. That is not wrong at all, and, and it's not rebellious. They are the ones becoming rebellious, and my job is to hold them accountable. That's what we put them in office for, was to hold them accountable. So please don't come at, come at us with, this is rebellious action, and this looks bad on the church. No, no, you know what looks bad on the church? Apathy. That's what looks bad on the church. Because we didn't submit to the word of God, and because we were ignorant to the law, this is why these things happen. It has nothing else to do with anything else except apathy, because we don't know. And then we'll use scripture to justify why government can do what it's doing. Let me ask you something. If that's the truth, then why are we standing against abortion? Because they're killing babies. No government should be allowed to say that it's, that's okay. No government should tell you that they can take life and give life. It's only the Lord that gives and takes away. And that's up to him if he wants to take you out in his timing. But no government should tell you that we're forced to pay for something that we disagree with. I'm sorry. So if you stand against abortion, then you're disobeying what you're preaching on Sundays, that we should just submit to government because, hey, why not, right? And so let's continue here because I, I, I really have to get into this. The scripture that we're talking about is Matthew 22, uh, Ma Matthew 22, 15 through 22. And I'm going to try to go through this as quick as possible because I want to get done in 20 minutes. I don't want to create this whole litany of things. Uh, this, is, this is the words uh, in Matthew. It says this, Then went the Pharisees and took counsel how they might entangle, in, entangle him in his talk. They're talking about Jesus. Then they said unto him, the disciples with the Herodians, saying, Master, we know that thou art true and teachest the way of God in truth. Neither carest thou for any man. In other words, you don't care about where their stature is. You don't care if it's a king. You don't care if it's a poor man and all that other stuff. It says, teachest thou the way of God in truth. Neither carest thou for any man, for thou regardest not the person of men. Tell us, therefore, I'm reading out of King James. Tell us, therefore, what thinkest you? Is it lawful to give tribute to Caesar or not? But Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, Why tempt ye me, you hypocrites? Show me the tribute money. And they brought unto him a penny, and they said unto him, Whose is this image in, in superscription? And they said unto him, Caesar's. Then saith he unto them, Render therefore uh, unto Caesar the things which are Caesar's, and unto God the things that are God's. Which they had heard these words, they marveled and left him and went their way. In other words, Christ already knew where they were going. Now, Here's a few talking points on that. The context of this scripture came about after throwing the money changers out of the church. Also, making his house a den of thieves. That's in Matthew 21. Cast out, they, they cast them out and sold them. So what they were doing was the money changers were taking the money, and they were actually trading money, like actual currency, for the currency of the inscription of Caesar. So in other words, they were doing, money changer was actually taking the, the currency that Caesar had made for his own image, right, that was on the back, and they were taking the money that the Jews had had, switching it so that they could pay their taxes, and they were doing it in ungodly rates. So it was actually kind of like extortion, if you will. And it says this, and overthrew the tables and the money changers and the seats and, and sold doves. And he said unto them, it is written, my house shall, shall be, a, uh, I'm sorry, my house shall be a called a house of prayer, but you've made it into a den of thieves. So in other words, it wasn't that they were selling stuff. I get this a lot. You're going to set up a table in my church when you speak. It's not making the, I'm not doing money changing and I'm not selling anything illegal or anything that's pulling people away from the Lord. So if you want to donate to the ministry, that's not what the scripture is saying. Uh, point number two, in this context, he uses parables to explain the kingdom of heaven. He said, those who do as well, those who hear only, you know, denoting his authority is supreme. This scripture actually justifies government. 
It actually says that Caesar has his authority, or there's a side of government that's earthly, right? Romans 13 and 1 Peter 2. And then there's God's authority, which is supreme over all. And we're going to get into that in a minute. Uh, point number three is this. The Pharisees were in tandem with Caesar. In other words, the Pharisees put more stock in the authority of the dictator because he gave them a place and position. Do you guys remember in the story of Lazarus when he was about to get, when he, he rose up, uh, it, he was risen out of, the, out of the grave after four days. The Pharisees actually said that they feared that they, lose, they would lose their place and position, that they'd sought to kill Christ and Lazarus because they feared that they would lose their place and their position in the community. So they were actually in tandem with the Caesar. And point number four is this. The main goal, however, is even more insidious, and it's stated clearly that they... Uh, that they wanted to deliver him up to the authority and the jurisdiction of the governor. So in other words, they were trying to deliver Christ up to the governor. They were trying to deliver the Son of God up to the governor because apparently the governor had more authority than the Word of God. Now, these Pharisees had seen the miracles that Christ had done, right? They saw everything that Christ had been doing at the time. They didn't believe in his authority. Why they marveled, though, was because he actually justified both sides. Christ justified earthly government. And he justified his government, his godly kingdom. In other words, God's kingdom. So that's why they were marveling. They were like, wait a minute, so we can do both? Yes. You're not just submitted to one. And the Pharisees were actually creating laws that were hurting the people because they were submitted unto Caesar at that time. So I'm going to continue a little bit more now. The lesson here is actually deeper than that. It's more fully that men bear, the, men bear God's image and God's inscription. I'm created in the image of God, right? So I submit all things unto the Lord. Now, when Caesar says... Like at that time, they were under a dictator, dictatorship or rule, right? They were under a Caesar. They were under a king. They were under some kind of authority that was tyrannical, okay? Now, here we bear the inscription of God. I am the seed of David. I am born of that incorruptible seed. I bear God's image. So if I bear God's image, I'm made in God's image. I am saved by the blood of Jesus. I do all these things uh, unto God. Can I obey unlawful orders? Think about that. Can I obey something unlawful? Can I obey something that directly contradicts the word of God? I'm just asking. I'm, I'm not giving specifics. I'm just asking you. No, because God gives me the authority in all things over my life. He gave me a conscience, right? He gave me things to obey in this earth, right? And I'm, and, and I'm not going off topic. I'm actually going to come back to the 501c3 here in a second. Now, he said, render unto God what is God's. That's the one part that people forget. They say, oh, we're supposed to render to Caesar things that are Caesar's because the governor said this or the president said that and all this other stuff. But Listen to the next part. Render unto God the things that are God's. Now, did you know that the God of heaven, one day we will sit at the judgment seat of Christ? All of us will. Think about it. If I'm supposed to render unto God the things that are God's, what if I'm being disobedient by obeying unlawful edicts, unlawful dictates? Think about that for a minute, right? All men, the Pharisees, Sadducees, and Herods, I'm going back to the point here on, on the screen, and the masses, even Caesar himself. Caesar has as much obligation to render himself to God. And I'm going to get into that, why America was so special, is so special, and why those countries during the time of the Bible, why they were under tyrannical rule. Did you know that the Caesar, or our government included, has its own, they have to render themselves unto God too? I don't know if you ever thought about that. And they're supposed to bow and submit to God as everyone else because they're created by God. They're not, they're not above God here. That's why our declaration was written. So it says this. Uh, I'm going to go to the last line. He has much obligation to obey God. In fact, he has a greater obligation to obey because he represents multiple people in public office. So let's continue. Now, here's why America is so special. America was set up as a constitutional republic in which the system was based on laws, not on men. John Adams actually said that. We are not an empire. We are a republic and a republic that's based on laws, not on men. We have a president, 
We have a Congress and we have a judiciary. We don't have a Caesar, okay? We don't have a Caesar. We have a president, we have a Congress, we have a judiciary, and we have something called the 10th Amendment. The 10th Amendment actually says anything not given to the federal government is given back to the states respectively. So in other words, the power was supposed to be in the hands of the people. Now let me explain this for a minute. Those of you that say we're a democracy, we are not built by mob rule. Democracies are only built by mobs, okay? A republic is based on law. So then the people and the government that they choose is under that constitution. What happens when either one starts to become despotic against that constitution? The whole system goes corrupt. If the people don't understand its own constitution, they can't uphold and, and keep the government in check. Now, if that government starts to disobey the constitution and the people don't know the constitution, guess what happens? Exactly kind of what you're seeing right now. Exactly what you're seeing right now. Where government can just make laws ad hominem, they can just do whatever they want, they can pass bills in the middle of the night, they can pass things like the Patriot Act. I think uh, something we're, we might cover on Sunday is uh, this uh, bill that just passed Senate that they can, uh, they can search your search engines uh, at will without a warrant. That Senate just passed that. Uh, let's see. Brian Renfro just said, Laws and Dodd by God are protected by the government, controlled by the people. Absolutely, bro. That's exactly right. Now, here's, here, let's get back to these points here because this is really good. And I kind of want to impregnate. And, and if you notice, there's a theme with every single podcast that we do. We talk about the rights coming from God. We talk about liberty. Notice that, okay? We have a president, a Congress, and judiciary, not a Caesar. Government's role is only to protect God-given rights, not make laws to destroy its own people. Governments can't destroy its own people. That's not what it was created to do. But you're seeing that happen, especially now. Businesses being shut down, all these things. And, and, and again, I won't get into the whole COVID thing because we've already been down that rabbit trail. Now, I'm trying to set you free here. Now, churches, listen to me very clearly. Share this with your pastors if you'd like. God would not allow the fruits of our labors to destroy his creation. Think about that. When I give something towards, let's say, like roads and bridges and things like that to my state, I'm not giving it to them so that they can destroy babies. I'm not giving it to them so that they can strip away my rights. I'm not giving it to them so that they can control my life or my family. I am not giving it to them to give me mandatory vaccinations. I am giving it to fix roads and bridges, okay? Not to destroy our own people. Uh, we are the Caesar. The officials we elect represent us. They don't rule over us. We elect them to represent us. We elect them to represent who we are. Who are we? We are Americans under a constitution. If we know the Constitution, we should elect those people who also know the Constitution and do what's in the best interest of the people, not their own selves, not their own pockets. Like I said before, I think it's crazy that we can enact laws and pass all these things and tell businesses to shut down when those same people that did that were the ones still getting paid. That's pretty sad, isn't it? Uh, wh whose law are we under? William Blackstone was very clear when he said uh, that no enactment of man can be considered law unless... Unless it conforms to the law of God, I'm sorry, another comment came in and I didn't read it correctly. I'm so sorry, man. I'll get it up, to, I'll get it up there in a minute. Uh, hold on one second. I'm so sorry. I just clicked on something uh, off the screen here. So my point is, out of all of this, is our churches under the rule of Caesar? No, they're not. You are given rights by God to preach the gospel. You are given rights by God to preach on the issues of the day. As a matter of fact, again, I've said this before, and i got to do this. I do this whole presentation on how the founders, what the founders thought about the churches at the time, and how they were so influential 
about the issues of the day, that they were the ones that said it was the churches that kept the revolution alive. It was the churches that actually called out the tyranny and the corruption that was going on uh, from the king of England. Uh, I'm sorry, the king of Great Britain and all these things. And, and like how, how the people that were attacking us, they were in the wrong and that it was our duty before the Lord uh, to stand up for those rights. And so preachers at the day, and not all of them, some of them were, but not all of them were behind the movement. But guess what? We have a nation now where you can speak freely. And if you think about it, you always had that authority to speak freely. No man can take it from you. And people say, well, we don't because we're stifled by this. Well, I'll tell you what. Did you know that even if this country became that tyrannical and despotic, that we are serving the God of heaven and that some of us may be delivered up to the councils, the Bible says. It says, when you're delivered to the councils, take no thought what you should say, because in that time, in that hour, God will give you the words to speak. So sometimes we may have to do that. Sometimes some of these business owners, some of these church leaders that got arrested, they were the ones brought before the councils and God was able to set, set them free. God was able to do some really cool things. And, you know, the, the, the attorney general was like, wait a minute, we're not tyrannical here. What are we doing? Why are we arresting these people? And guys, you should be thanking God that that's happening because people are starting to stand up and wake up. People are starting to take their, serious, or take their callings on seriously. I don't think that barber or I'm sorry, that hairstylist in Texas knew what she was getting into. I don't think she knew. I'm, what I'm saying is, I don't think she knew like, man, one day I'm going to wake up and you know, I'm going to have to get arrested outside of my, 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 my hair salon one day because guess what? I'm going to have to stand for the rights of man. No. She saw the opportunity. She said, no, this is my business. I'm the one who opened this. Nobody has the right to tell me to shut down. I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to feed my family. Same thing with that 77-year-old man up in Michigan. He said, I was tight. I needed to pay bills. So I opened up my shop and he was very respectful about it. He wasn't being rebellious. He said, can you tell the governor and the attorney general, thank you for what they do for me. Could you tell them that I, I you know, I'm, I'm not trying to be against them, but I need to open up my business and I respectfully disagree, but these are the rights that I have and all these things. I mean, that is properly understanding their authority and their, and, and, and what, what we, sh what we should do, um, uh, as Americans. And, and so Stevie said this, he said, a majority of us are fearful to speak how we feel. And you know, I, don't, I can't disagree with that. I think a lot of people are. And do you know the only reason that you live in fear is because they're not educated. The more educated that you are on these topics, the more you can just stand on your own two feet and say, no, I know my rights and I'm not going to do that. Uh, let's see. Uh, Brian Renfro said this. He said, too many citizens uh, put elected employees on such a high leadership pedestal that they cannot see the forest for the trees. That is true. I think sometimes we've kind of adopted... Uh, uh, let's see. And Don, Don Rudolph said this. He said, honestly, I always feel like, what can I do to change things? Now, this is a common question, Don, and you're not alone in this question because I ask the Lord this all the stinking time, all the time, bro. And I mean that, Don. The only thing that you can do is get involved. And sometimes that means maybe going for an elected office. Sometimes that means, hey, you know, in the natural, I got to help run for public position or help those to run for public position. Sometimes it's like, hey, maybe going out and going into the community yourself and starting a nonprofit and going out and helping the places that the government deems that they need to be in, which they don't need to be. The churches can do it themselves. Sometimes it takes us going above and beyond just the four walls and saying, you know what, man, what can I do in society? What are you called to? You know, um, do I feel I'm called to the political realm? Absolutely. Am I a pastor? Yes. Do I feel like I need to be involved? Absolutely. Do you know why? Because God entrusted us with rights. I feel that that's worth standing up for. And for those who've been saying that we shouldn't be doing this. And for those saying, man, I wish we would pay more attention to prayer than politics, because I've heard it so many times. Guys, listen, that's your calling. Praise God. 
my calling is politics right now because it's affecting the church now. It's affecting the American people. And it's been doing that for a long time. And, you know, sometimes people have to stand up and not be rebellious, but challenge those that think that they're in authority and say, no, 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 your authority is the Constitution. And that Constitution has an obeisance to God because that declaration was written. Four times it was written in there that we have the, the blessing of divine providence upon this nation. And every state constitution acknowledged Jesus Christ. Every state constitution acknowledged God as the founder. Every state constitution, well, 43 of them, actually have in their, in their state constitutions acknowledging God as the giver of rights. So if that's the case, their authority is God because our rights come from God. They can't take them from us. And so people are like, what do we do? It's time to stand, folks. Sometimes we may have to organize peaceful protests. Sometimes we may have to get and send letters to our, to our, to our, not even send letters. We got email now. We have phone calls that we can start issuing to our senators. And if they won't listen, then get involved in the next election and get them out because they need to start listening to the people. And we can do this, guys. We can win the day if we get involved. People say, I don't know how to get involved. Well, just start digging. Start getting involved in little things. Start going to your city meetings, your county council meetings. Start going to the school board meetings because these places actually need your input. They do. They need to start seeing people that are willing to take a stand. That's why I got involved, because they started to tell me as a preacher that I couldn't go into a public school. Yeah, okay. So I started to do my homework. And, dude, there's no provision saying I can't go into public school as a Christian. So we started doing it. And we're, we still continue to do it. Well, not since COVID, but we're still going out and doing it. Now, churches do not, do not listen to me. I'm not telling you to be rebellious for rebellious sake, okay? What I'm saying is that 501c3... They don't enforce it. Speak what you want to speak. It, it's this whole thing, this whole idea of 501s and tax deductions, all stuff. You got to do what's on your conscience. I get that. But really, the authority is Christ. And again, government tr or President Trump actually issued an executive order to stop the enforcement of it. So preach what you want to preach. And I'm talking about scripturally. Preach what you want to preach. Get involved in the issues of the day. Teach your people how to take a stand in this nation. And let's see the gospel be proclaimed again in this nation in truth, okay? Well, I hope you guys learned something tonight. Oh, look at that. I'm sorry, Don. I didn't see that. It said it's supposed to be one nation under God. The problem is the government's blaming God. Dude, I, that's kind of been my argument for a long time. And, and if Paul Garner was here, he'd actually agree with you. I think he would actually say, yes, you're right. And, and so what I'm, what I'm hoping through this, this little 20 minutes, 25 minutes, was that, look, and my pastor issued a response, and I kind of read a piece of it, and I was telling you some of, the, some of the things that he had said. There's no provision saying we can't do this. And you know what? If we see candidates that are for the rights of man, and they're for what we believe as Christians, promote them. Get out there and do it. Folks, what do you have to lose? Nothing. God gave you your ministry. He's going to protect it. Stand for, the stand for the things of God. It's time to start doing that now. Listen to me. I'm not yelling at you. I'm loving you in truth. But don't stop now. Guess what? The next generation depends on us. Babies are being slaughtered in the womb, and we can do something about it. We can. Right? Public schools are teaching our kids more about evolution and condemning God for the most part. We can do something about that, right? Did you know government officials are now playing God by saying, you know, it wasn't the Lord that stopped this, and we're going to shut down your church. It's time to take a stand now. It's time for you to stand in the face of tyranny and say, God, you are with me. You're not against me. And this is but a man, and I'm not being rebellious to him. He's being rebellious against you now. It's time to take a stand now.
It's time for you maybe to get involved. Do you know how many churches we have in Florida? I haven't even counted. But you can't tell me that every single seat in a city or a county position or a school board couldn't be filled by all the churches in one city or one county. We can do this thing. With men with backbone, we can do this. Your voice can be heard. Your voice can be heard if you just do it. Like some of you are like, man, I don't know if I can. I don't know if this, I don't know if that. Go to the Lord with it then. Go to the Lord. See if he's calling you to it. Because I can promise you, some of us, we're in the wrong place. And you're supposed to be in those positions. You can do it. You really can. And they're looking for a leader. It wasn't Braveheart. He said, men don't follow titles. They follow courage. They follow courage. I think it was Julius Caesar. I have it in a quote somewhere. And, and I'm not, listen to how the context of how I'm saying this, because it's going to come off very harsh, but I really want you to hear this quote. Julius Caesar even said this. He said, cowards die many deaths before they die themselves. Why I'm saying that quote is, I used to be a coward. I used to be afraid. I used to be, man, I don't know what to do. I used to be that man. I don't, I don't, I don't really fear much, but I just know that, you know what? I may make a dent. I may make a ripple. I may break something open. I don't know. But all to the glory of God, because it's God that I'm representing. It's God first. And these are my opinions. Everything that I'm telling you right now is my opinion. It has nothing to do with the church or anything like that. This is what I'm speaking on. But I can tell you this. I'm so honored that I have people that can stand with me in a church. I have, I'm so honored that we have a church that can stand. I'm so honored that churches are out there taking a stand. Take your cues from them. And you know what? You don't need to be rebellious. You don't need to be a mockery. You don't need to be mocking people. You don't need to be uh, being disgusting. You don't need to cuss. You don't need to swear. You don't need to, none of that stuff. You can do this with the will of God. You don't believe me? Ask Martin Luther King. He did it peacefully and he honored God doing it. Was he perfect? No, absolutely not. But you can, you can honor God and watch God move on your behalf. Maybe it's your church that has to stand on this kind of stuff. Maybe, just maybe, Right? And so I hope you guys uh, enjoyed this. I hope you guys share this far and wide because we need this out there. We need the information to, to, to get out there so that pastors can actually know what their rights are. Now, we are coming out with something brand new. It's called Church Liberated. Church Liberated. I'm actually going to show you the graphic right now. Church Liberated is coming out very soon. It's actually a, a pastor's curriculum. I'm talking about their rights. We're talking about the amendments. We're talking about what they can do as a church, what they can't do. And there's also going to be a video in there called uh, Call to Christians uh, basically, it's kind of a short history on what our founders did for religious liberty. And there's going to be about a 30-minute video about what clergy and pastors did in the past to reform societies for the name of God against a government's order, right? And so this is going to be a very cool resource. Uh, when it comes out, we'll promote it. But it's going to be very exciting to share that with you guys. And again, if you guys want to support us, go to uh, liveliberatednow.com. It's our new website, liveliberatednow.com. You guys can go on there and you can sign up and be a torchbearer for us. We're looking for monthly supporters right now to help us. And you'll see some amounts on there, but you can donate any amount if you'd like. Uh, it would help us get out there to more events and do more of these types of things, do more video. We want to start creating content that we can give away as well because it just takes money to do. And uh, we're not asking, we're not begging you. I'm saying we're asking, but we're not begging you. But if you guys can help, please support us. Um, we also have a resource out there from uh, called Government, uh, Government versus God, which is a four-week study. Uh, you guys can get that on liveliberatednow.com as well, which is really exciting. And you can check out our new uh, clothing line and all that stuff too. But again, go to liveliberatednow.com if you guys want to support us. Again, hopefully you guys share this video out there. And next week we're going we're to be talking about all the other scriptures that pastors use to justify uh, why government does what it does. We got to dispel this stuff now because we can't take a stand in Jesus' name.
game. We love you guys. God bless you. Tune in Sunday at 7 p.m. We'll have our podcast live. God bless you guys.